Hey, welcome to episode 74 of the Hockey Free For All podcast. I am your host, Stephen Stiles. And you know, the last couple of weeks we've been talking about how I wish there was something to talk about such early on in a season other than injuries. And the Ottawa Senators have certainly done their part to provide different topics other than injuries as Shane Pinto has been suspended for 41 games and I like this. This is a great way to explain this. Due to sports activity wagering. Is that like the new term for gambling? Is that the new term to like water it down so it doesn't sound as offensive or illegal or whatever it might be? Wow, really? Sports activity wagering. Let's make it sound like a family day at the park or something. And if that wasn't enough, apparently Ottawa was not up front in a previous trade with the Las Vegas Golden Knights involving Evgeny Donatoff. Because apparently, after getting traded to Las Vegas, Las Vegas tried to turn around and trade him to Anaheim. And apparently, he had to file a grievance with the NHL in the 2021-2022 season because, as it turned out, Donatoff had a 10-team list of no-I-don't-want-to-be-traded-to NHL clubs, which apparently the Ottawa Senators general manager, Pierre Dorian, never filled them in about and kind of like left that out of the discussion. Seems to have been a problem. Because if you're looking for a way to lose your job as an NHL GM, whether it was the combination of Shane Pinto and the Evgeny Donatov trade, whether it was just the grievance filed by Las Vegas regarding Evgeny Donatov, which very nicely resulted in a forfeiting of a first-round pick. Though the NHL was nice enough to allow Ottawa to choose between 2024, 2025, or 2026, apparently new owner Michael Landlauer wasn't really happy about losing a future first round pick, nor the, should we say, integrity or ethics of the issue itself. So general manager Pierre Dorian is now former general manager Pierre Dorian and has been relieved of his duties replaced by new team president, 51-year-old Steven Steos. So apparently that is, if you've ever wondered how one could lose their job as an NHL general manager, apparently that is one of those ways that you can be fired and you can lose your job. Now, turning to the Montreal Canadiens, the flow of prospects is showing no signs of slowing down at all, which makes really for an interesting potential, an extremely interesting potential trade deadline scenario in this season. Jaden Struble, Logan Mylou, William Trudeau, Leah Sanderson, Joshua Roy have all looked awesome in Laval this season. And interesting Interestingly, with Leas Anderson in particular, it creates a really interesting potential option. As we all know, Kirby Doc has been injured and is out for the year. That being said, everybody's talked about, well, who's going to step up for the number two center position? Leas Anderson, 24 years old, former first-round draft pick, seventh overall in his draft. Montreal took a flyer on him this year with nothing to lose, nothing invested. He could end up being the next steal for the Montreal Canadiens. Leas Anderson had an excellent AHL season last year with the Los Angeles Kings organization, and apparently he's a late bloomer that has found his niche and not missed a stride at all as he excels with Laval. 
But rather than wondering, ah, can we move Sean Monahan up to the number two slot? Can Christian Dvorak fit in? No need to shift all the lines and screw with the second, third, and fourth lines. Alex Newhook, to me, is not a center. He's definitely a right wing. He looked much better on the right wing with Kirby Dock and Yaroslavkowski than he does at center. Center he is clearly not as comfortable with, even quote-unquote that being his natural position. I'm thinking Leas Anderson at 24, more mature, had a great AHL season last year, is having a great one this year already, has got more time in the NHL, doesn't rush any of the young prospects. I say bring up Leas Anderson and see what he's got. That may end up being the next gem that Montreal found that nobody else had called, been interested in, or anything else, and might really turn out to be the band-aid, if you will, for the Kirby Doc situation this year. And who knows, maybe next year he finds himself on a different third or fourth line as a center for the team. So again, Montreal does not have to rush their younger prospects. And as far as the popular vote goes, of course, everybody's like, oh, just move Sean Monahan up there. Sean Monahan has found two niches where he has and will continue to exceed all expectations of the organization. Either is the third line center, and he's been paired with Brendan Gallagher and Tanner Pearson on his wings, and it's been seamless since the first day that line was created. Or, like he did last year before he got injured, he slotted in as the right wing on Nick Suzuki and the Cole Caulfield line and looked flawless. He has excelled in both of those areas. Why mess with that success? Could Monahan be a number two center? Some people would say absolutely. Just look at what he's done. That being said, given his injury history, given his health, given where he's currently at age-wise and everything, although 28 is not very old, has he got a lot of rubber on the wheels and would that be a disadvantage and ruin the success of that he's created in either one of those two scenarios I already talked about. As for Christian Dvorak, his greatest contribution to the team unquestionably is defensive awareness and high face-off win percentage. No question that has a high value to a team. However, when he's engaged, unfortunately most nights he's disconnected, lost, doesn't mesh with his line mates, basically is a ghost on the ice. To the point where most people it's like, did he play tonight? And if he did, who did he play on the line with? That's how inconsistent he's been. And I feel bad for the guy. I think he should be a really good, consistent, game-in, game-out player, a solid third-line center for the Montreal Canadiens, but for whatever reason, he has never been able to put it together with any kind of consistency in Montreal. It just hasn't worked out. It's very similar for him, not quite as bad, but very similar in the way it didn't work out for Jonathan Drouin. It just, for whatever reason, whether it was the time, whether it's been the line combinations, the state of the franchise, the expectations asked of the players, whatever it is, it just hasn't worked out. And a third player that you can throw in that list is Josh Anderson. Every once in a while, he'll have that game that everybody thinks he should have every night. Everybody's like, ah, see, he's arrived. He is there. We can't trade him now he's the prototypical forward he too is a ghost on the right team in the right situation every player can excel for whatever reason jonathan Druin, christian dvorak josh anderson others that we'll talk about just haven't gelled in montreal it's not good or bad it's it's a reality it's a fact and everybody's like oh you can't judge well you've got more than enough of an example more than enough of us as they like to say sample size regarding these players to make that judgment they're just not going to be what montreal needs 
And regarding the other center currently on the team, yep, Jake Evans. Yes, he had a solid opening night. Everybody's like, whoa, this guy's going to have a great season. Unfortunately, since that excellent opening night of the season this year, he's been a ghost. He has been non-existent, nowhere to be found. He's like disappeared. Unfortunately, those days, and I say unfortunately, I think it's actually fantastic news as not only a fan, but as to watch the greatest organization in pro sports excel. Those days are behind them. Those days are over with. You can't just kind of show up, be there when you want to, I don't know, be motivated by whatever motivates you you have to be in it to win it every game and that's that instinct that they haven't had across the 20-man roster in a long time and they're finally getting that all the younger players in particular have that that's been instilled in them between their junior teams successes and the current nhl team and the head coach martin st louis has instilled that in his players you've got to have not only a higher expectation for the organization but for yourself and every game leave it all on the ice leave nothing left and that has been in some players in the past but now is in all the players coming in and that has been one of the huge difference makers but what's interesting about the centers that we're talking about is it makes for a very interesting and long list of trade candidates for montreal everybody's like well how many more players could they actually trade this year i mean they've gotten rid of so many players or gotten rid of so many bad contracts and stuff well check out the list of players that this leaves still josh anderson joel armia christian dvorak jake evans Brendan Gallagher, if you can move that contract, that is going to have to be a perfectly timed, specific need of a team, whether it's leadership, whether whatever it might be, they're going to have to be particularly looking for him. And as in the return, the greatest return on a Brendan Gallagher trade might just be getting out of that contract. You might just not get as high of a draft pick as you want, but getting rid of that contract may be as valuable as obtaining a higher ground pick. Tanner Pearson is positioning himself to be a very good trade champion. Having early season success. Also on that list, Jesse Ulanen, Justin Baran. I know a lot of people, it's like, oh, Baran has been great since David Savard got injured. Yeah, he's been good. He has showcased his skills and he has clarified what he brings to the team. Is that enough? And some people say, well, that might be unfair. You're giving so much slack to Arbor Jackye, Caden Gooley, Jordan Harris. Well, Montreal, again, has a lot of competition. Look at the defensive prospects that they have to find a home for. Lane Hudson, William Trudeau, Jaden Struble, Logan Mylou. That's another four defensemen. There's a lot of talent and a lot of prospects. Montreal can finally be, well, we don't have to take the best of the bunch. We have to take the people that actually deserve it, that actually have earned it, that deserve a spot on the roster because of their performance. They can be that selective because they have that level of talent. But continuing on that trade list, Gustav Lindstrom, who they just acquired this offseason, Unfortunately, yeah, five or seven years ago, could have been a legitimate 4-5 or 5-6 defenseman. Not now. David Savard himself, Sam Montebog, and of course I saved the one that nobody wants to see traded now for last, as in Sean Monaghan. And Sean Monaghan, although there would be those people who go, oh my God, how can you trade that leadership experience? Look at the way that he's playing. Well, guess what? All of that makes his next contract a lot higher. 
And yes, there is finally some cap relief space coming next season because it's been literally non-existent with no movement since COVID, but it's going to create a bidding war if he continues to bring that level of leadership and that kind of performance that Montreal really can't get involved in. And in case anybody says, well, what do you mean they can't get involved in it? Think about all the people they have to sign. And they've already signed Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki to $8 million contracts. The cap's going up, but it's not going up that fast. In the not-too-distant future, you have Arbor Jacki, Caden Gooley, Kirby Doc, lots of players coming. So they're going to need to manage their cap very, very effectively to make sure they always have the space to get these younger kids signed. And I get it. At 28 years old, Monahan's not that old. But in two years, now he's 30. And he's 30 with a lot of rubber on the tires. And he's 30 with that injury history. That injury history is more scary than actual injury because it's happened so often it can happen at any time. And yes, he could be playing fantastically well like he is right now. Everybody's behind him. He's a great leader on the team and everything else. He suddenly goes out with a season-ending injury again. Everybody's like, oh my God, we're locked into another contract we're going to have to use LTIR on, like Carey Price. Not the player's fault when they get injured like that. But unfortunately, it's a detrimental effect on the team financially. Well, that wraps up episode 74 of the Hockey Free For All podcast. I am your host, Stephen Stiles. Have a fantastic week, and we'll be back again before you know it.